0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're gonna to talk about Kid Chaos. Ooh. But before we get into Kid Chaos, let's talk about some news. <laughs>
1: That's what you came up with?
0: That's what I came up That was my new break into the news. Wow. Sounds remarkably like the old It does,
1: break. man. It does. So, not a ton of news, but a couple little tidbits we're going to go over. So, right out of the gate, we're going to talk about a new executable EXE game that's been released. The game is called Ween the Prophecy. Boat, what can you tell us about Ween the Prophecy? Um, well, it, is, it looks like
0: an adventure game that uh, published by Sierra, which is surprising because I've never once heard of this game before.
1: You're not a big fan of the Ween?
0: Um, I always, you know, they've got that song Push the
1: Little Daisies and Make Them Come Up. Nice. Um,
0: I know the Lilies were a big fan of Ween. Were they? Yeah. Um,
1: I've heard that.
0: But I uh, I remember seeing the, their album Chocolate and Cheese advertised in the Columbia ads in the magazine. You know, like 25 albums for a penny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but that's all I know about Ween. That's
1: a horrible name for an album. Well, Chocolate the, and Cheese. Yeah,
0: well, it was the 90s. It was a different time.
1: Yeah, it was a dumb time. <laughs> anyway, Ween available right now. Uh, it's one of these, uh, you know, Windows, EXEs, all roll-in-one in gimmick. It's over at Games Nostalgia. And, uh, of course, we thank Indie Richard News for a lot of the news we get, and that's mm-hmm. where that one came from. Um, next little gimmick uh, we've got is a little uh, PD game that I came across this week. This isn't really current news, but, hey, if you don't know about it, it's news to you. Uh, it's a game, We, if you'll recall, uh, months ago... We covered a game, and I think I did a Amigos play on it called Popeye 2. Now, I know we're both fans of the original Popeye. Oh, yeah. Popeye 2 was not good.
0: <laughs> it has nothing to do with the original Popeye. And
1: I will say, Popeye 2 crushed the third Popeye in the series, which was Popeye Wrestling, which is just, just horrible. And I love wrestling and Popeye. No good. It's, it's a shame, really. It is. They could funny. have
0: done a lot with Popeye in wrestling. That no, seems like a match made they, No, it's a horrible Have match. you downloaded Popeye for Fire Pro Wrestling yet? I'm sure they have a, a Popeye I character. I haven't looked,
1: but that's a good idea. Um, but so, Popeye is a... a, a well, apparently it was released. I think it was 2014. It's a public domain game, which looks like a... It's either a port of a C64 version of Popeye or a straight-up version of Popeye for the Amiga, but it looks good. I haven't got to play it yet, but I'm going to look into it. And I saw screenshots of it, and it looked great. So I'm hoping it's as good as it looks, but I love the arcade game and I like to pop on the Amiga. So, and also, it would work perfectly. The controls are there. It should look nice. You know,
0: I wonder, it seems like Nintendo really missed an opportunity with some of these 16-bit consoles to put together some sort of a, like, nostalgia pack. Um, you know, where they have Popeye, Mario Brothers, um, uh, Donkey Kong. It's easy and, to know
1: why that won't ever happen.
0: Oh, well, yeah, because they were making competing platform.
1: No, it's not even that. Because well, it's mostly that. It's licensing when it comes to Popeye, which is probably they've never used them again. King Syndicate.
0: King Feature Syndicate. King
1: Feature Syndicate owns the rights of Popeye. And I will say, it's funny. Nintendo had a real... Um, they were really hungry for that Popeye license mm-hmm. back in the day. I always, I always thought that was weird, because you're talking the early 80s, and I, I grew up watching some Popeye, but it's not like Popeye wasn't like the It, yeah. it show. yeah. But maybe in Japan, I mean, I guess Popeye's a world-known... Maybe so. Anthony, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. It's weird what cartoons are popular all over the world what aren't. It is
0: weird. Uh, that's the question that I won uh, Classic Gaming Jeopardy at the Classic Gaming Expo in 2003 in uh-huh. Vegas when I was there. What uh, licensed cartoon character was produced by King Features Syndicate? I rang in with Popeye, walked out of there with a Famiclune.
1: To be fair, there's a lot of characters, but he's the main one.
0: Well, they said what Nintendo character Oh, from that. The 19- that's blah, blah, your, your,
1: there you go. So anyway, we'll look into that, but Popeye, can't go wrong. Um, this last little tidbit I've got, and it's not entirely Amiga-related, although come to think of it, maybe it will be given a, a, a little while, but it's Commodore-related. Um, you'll recall a while back, I took a C64 that had a bad motherboard, I gutted it, put a Raspberry Pi in it, and made something, you know, with a key rod, interface to the thing. keyboard, and it was a thing. It was a It was a. I thing. never
0: once saw it. I don't really believe that it exists. <laughs> I've
1: got it, and you can look at it at your leisure. Uh, but this is sort of the next step in the evolutionary scale of that kind of wackiness. And when I look at this, it makes me think, wow, this would be so much easier, but of course it'll cost you. So what this is, is a F, uh, FPGA, uh, motherboard replacement for the C64. Uh, I just stumbled across this, just looking through some forums and it's a, uh, quite a snazzy little gimmick. You can see if you're watching the video, you've got it's a it's a replacement for the motherboard, but it's very small. It just takes up the back section of the C64. It's got your joystick ports. It's got HDMI out. Uh, it's got slots for your classic hookups for the most part. Uh, it's got I know it's got the tape on the back, but it's also got the cartridge slot, which is cool. I don't have that on mine, and it also has a card slot. Um, it's got an FPGA on it, so you'll be able to pretty much simulate a C64. Uh, you know pretty accurately and it's even got a slot for the sound chip if you don't want to trust the fpga to do the sound for you you can actually put the sound chip in there the sit chip and it will get use that for sound now word on the street is you can't really tell the difference because the fpga does a real good job simulating the sound but it's there the cartridge slot I think is an interesting addition that's really the most alluring thing to me is the cartridge slot if you want to play your cartridge, nice. and I suppose it'll work right out of the gate. I don't know uh, maybe the- you
0: could go even even further down the the uh, meta and plug a uh, flash cart into the cart so you're you've got a flash cart into an FPGA.
1: Oh man, you're really getting well, I mean it's it, inception it, it's computer got, form. It's got a it's got a I think it's got a micro S D in it, but you know, I suppose you could get like your quick load cart and stick oh, it. Oh yeah. It <laughs> have it load as you know. But uh, um It looks like a nice little item, and with an FPGA, uh, you know, it's the same old shtick, right? You can get multiple cores. What's the uh,
0: what's the MSRP for this thing going to be, or the RRP? This isn't released
1: yet, and they're not one hundred percent sure what it's going to cost. But it looks like it's going to be north in U.S. dollars or about two hundred (sighs) and seventy bucks. Expensive. Excuse me. I thought about this quite a bit. When I thought, how much money do I have, in what I've got? Okay, which uh. It's a Raspberry Pi 3 with a, uh, uh, you know, the card slot and, and a lot of extension cables I had to hook into it, and the key raw, you know, and I've, I figure I've got probably, and, and you also could consider the SD card, which I'll add into the total. Uh, you're, I've probably got about a hundred, 120, 130 bucks in it, all right, um, I put a lot of headache, pain, and agony in it, too.
0: Yeah. Not to mention 11 months out of your life that we right. waiting for the key So,
1: Because when I heard this price, I was like, Poof, that's insanity. You know? But um, how much is your time worth? Mm-hmm. It's something I used to hear, and I'd be like, ah, who said that? What a jerk. But it's true.
0: It's very true.
1: I've wasted a lot of time screwing with this thing, and... Um, This thing would be much. It's going to be a much prettier solution and a much more capable solution in a lot of ways. Uh, So we'll see. But anyway, I thought it was kind of neat. If you're a 64 guy, you've got a couple jacked up C64s lying around the house. Uh, You know, this would be a nice solution if you've got the money and you're really into the 64. Now maybe I don't know what exactly they've got, you know, in terms of this, but maybe you can even do Amiga stuff on it someday. They can release a core. That'd be kind of neat. I mean you've got the joystick ports that right. you need. You've got the SD card slot you need. I mean
0: really all this is is it's 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 using the keyboard of the the C sixty four and that's about it.
1: That's right. And uh what would be interesting, hey we always talked about an Amiga with a card with a with a with a uh, cartridge slot. Mm-hmm. You just simulate the Amiga core on this you got your cartridge slot. Yeah. Now you gotta you come could up even, with cartridges yeah. for
0: it. You just gotta get a uh I'm trying to think. Maybe you could use like what cartridge has? I guess any of the 16-bit cartridges. You get like a, an EEPROM burner, and uh, you'd have to have something big enough to put an Amiga game on. What
1: you could you do know. is you get a cartridge and just put a card reader in the. Skin oh, and that's, the, your, that's the
0: that's you the know answer what right and there. That,
1: well, you can. I don't know. Of course, it's already got a card reader. But if you want to be a real cool guy, mm-hmm. you can put the card reader in there. So, but still, kind of neat. Uh, might be fun. We'll see. It's not out yet. Uh, one last thing I wanted to go over, and I know I've been pushing, but I. I've been using, I've been uh, um, under the gun the last week, so I haven't got to do as much as I wanted, but I did use, uh, once again, I used uh, Cloanto's Amiga Forever to play this week's game uh, on, and it and it, uh, it ran real well. It ran flawlessly. I've, I, the one the reason I haven't released a review on this yet because I really haven't got to do some of the more intricate stuff with it. I will say, so far, uh, I'm pretty impressed with what they've got going on. Uh, it's pretty easy to use it's uh, the, i will say the addition of the floppies the way they've got the icons position the way they've got the it's quite the interface is nice i well i mean I. I'll, I'll, I'll say that straight away i've used some of the other ones they they, they went out of their way to make this e- as easy to understand as an amiga emulator can be uh just from i can tell that just from looking at it and using the, you know, swapping out discs and stuff. The Amiga is a complicated machine. At at the lowest level, it's a complex machine, right? I mean, you really... I don't mean all the different cores. I just mean, you know, loading stuff up, memory Mm -hmm. management, uh, swapping discs, all that jive. And this thing makes it pretty simple to do, you know. And uh, so far, it's played the games perfectly without any glitches. I've never had any problems. It's detected every game I've tried. So far, so it's got a pretty good database of you know instructions and stuff. Maybe you
0: can uh, do an Amigos Plays review of that. Yeah,
1: well, I'm going to talk about it on the show more completely, Mm -hmm. but I I will say it's this is it's such a complex piece of software. I don't want to like do a half job. So, but so far, I've tried you know some hard drive files, some some disks, I've tried some of the various little bells and whistles, and I've not had any trouble, any crashes, or any issues so far. So... So far, I'm giving it. I'm giving it the high sign. And I, I'll let you know if I ran into something bad. What do you got, site wise, Bo?
0: Well, we got a couple of site updates this week. Uh, the first thing is um, we uh, we had some action over at Amigo Studios East. Yeah, yeah. We uh, oh
1: yeah, that's right. We didn't talk about that, did we? No. Um, we uh, dropped some games off in the Amigo Studio. In fact, we've got pretty much the majority of everything in there. Uh, we uh, had to. Uh, Two sessions of moving. I can't remember. Had we moved anything last time we were on? I think we moved two, two, three pinball machines. We mm-hmm. finished. In total, we moved five pinball machines, uh, a video game, and a crane machine. I think that's all we moved so far. Yeah. And still to be put into the arcade or is at least one more arcade machine, and possibly two more, if you can believe it. We've got to see how, how we're going to fit it all in. But we, uh, we did a, a half-assed job. And amazingly, we didn't destroy anything despite our own efforts.
0: And you can see uh, just a, a small piece of that I recorded for posterity, uh, the moving of a Firepower 2 pinball machine in our uh, kind of unique style. And so uh, check that out on YouTube. It's uh, episode 3, I believe, of Amigo's Arcade
1: Adventures. Given the parameters that we had to deal with in terms of the ability to have the truck in a certain position and the ability to use the equipment we had on hand, it couldn't have went any better. I'd agree with that. You know, And also, being too lazy to remove probably 30 pounds of stone from the crane machine <laughs> or the prizes, <laughs> we just moved everything, just to screw it. we we'll put it all in there. So probably don't do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, Amigo Studio East is coming along nicely, and um, uh, hopefully within a month we will be able to push something out and do some content over Star, there.
0: Yeah, start filming over there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it, but that, I'm looking forward to it. We're The, the end is nigh. That's
0: scary. <laughs> the end of the project or That's the right. end of the world? Okay. That's
1: right.
0: Let's take out uh, some everythingamiga.com oh, side of it. Yeah, I to talk about this story. All right. So, uh, first, we've got uh, something that I promised I would do and I finally made good on it. Uh, this is a second look at Lionheart. And I don't know why the. Uh, when it's I a bleak it up Like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you might just go to YouTube and search for it because apparently I, I tagged it or I, I coded it wrong into the website. But. Um, <laughs> But basically, I spent a good amount of time, about thirty minutes, with yeah, Lionheart. You went through it, threw it. Uh, and uh, and and check it out. And it is a uh, is it as bad as I thought it was before? No. Is it a great game? No. Um, it still has a lot of shortcomings. It still the levels are still way too long. They're way too repetitive. But it does a lot of things well. And I, I didn't give it a fair shake the first time around.
1: Now, if I may retort. Uh, I watched the vi- boat's video literally seconds after it came out. I about fell out of my chair. <laughs> in fact, when he when I saw it pop, when I saw it drop, if you will, uh, boat uh, does is nicer to it this time. He doesn't drop to his knees, and and thank God it was made, which that must happen. <laughs> but I uh, uh, and I don't agree with everything you said about it. I haven't watched it, but uh, it, I enjoyed watching him. Uh, I enjoyed watching you fail to fight bosses. That was amusing. Mm-hmm. I also enjoyed watching you cheat ad nauseum. Oh yeah, oh yeah, early and often. <laughs> the cheating was was strong was rampant. in this one. Uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. Now you took a second look at something else this week too, which I haven't watched this one yet. What was that? I have no idea what you're talking didn't about. Didn't you take another? Didn't you take another look at another game? Mm-mm. Okay, maybe I'm insane then.
0: <laughs> but maybe next week I will. Uh, we have one more site update this week. Uh, we have a article from Green Catcher, and this is basically a roundup of all the sort of obscure and possibly poor uh, Amiga Ninja games. <laughs> so it's cool if you're watching the YouTube video. You see the cover art for Ninja Rabbits. You can only imagine how great that game probably is. So um, like all Green Catcher stuff, it's all great. Um, and uh, we might have something more to announce with uh, related to Dreamcatcher and his articles coming up in a future episode, so watch now, out for that.
1: Now, you also looked at Fury of the Furies, right?
0: Oh, yeah, but that was a first look.
1: Okay, but still, it's a look. Yeah, I took what a look. What did you think of Fury of the Furies? I've, I've not played that Fury one. Fury of the
0: Furies is one of the greatest games that I've played on the Amiga. Really? Yes, absolutely. Can
1: you go into that a little bit and um, expound?
0: It is a platformer. That, um, you, you're, you play these little, they, you, they kind of look like the old Weebles toys, you know, um, you used to get them for like prizes and fundraisers where they had sticky feet. There was like adhesive on the bottom of the foot sure. and putting, you know, they look like that, um. It's basically your, your run-of-the-mill sort of platforming title, but each one of your furries has a different power. So part of the game is switching between them so you can accomplish certain tasks.
1: Sort of like uh, Lost
0: Vikings? It's like that, except you don't have to worry about coordinating multiple furries because you only control one at a time. You magically morph from one to the other. Oh, I see.
1: So you don't have to pick which one you're going to be.
0: Right. No. Now, sometimes... well, the dumb guy well, you you do you do have to pick which one you are, but you like, for example, there's one that you you have sort of the same mechanic as the ninja rope in worms. You know, you're swinging. So like you might think, Well, how am I going to get by this? And you actually do it doesn't automatically switch you and sometimes you have to go through a special kind of force field to in order to, to enable that furry to be available. So it's it's a little bit deep, but it's definitely not as puzzly as Lost Vikings, which is out and out a puzzle game. This is more of a platformer, but you know mechanics don't make the game. What makes the game is the music, which is the it's probably in my top three Amiga soundtracks of all time really yes the music is excellent number two the controls are super super tight uh the, the furries do exactly what you want them to do it's never frustrating and um three i don't really have a third thing but it seems like you, you got to have three prongs to your attack but uh i there three it's an awesome game um so i highly recommend you check out fury, fury of the furries it's difficult for me to say uh, i'd like to do it in a future episode possibly
1: did you? I was. Do you remember who made it? Oh, Boy, I, I need to research it.
0: Um, it's was it Mindscape? Let's see if we can go back here real quick and
1: I'm gonna put you on the spot.
0: See what? Uh, hey, Kalisto. Kalisto. Kalisto.
1: Have we done any other stuff? I don't, I don't think so. It. I don't think so. Interesting. Well, I'm gonna check that out. Then. Yeah, yeah. It's it, the name. Always like this sounds dumb. It
0: does sound dumb. I was going through my <laughs> WHG load files yeah. and I just randomly picked it, but it was awesome. Fantastic game.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds. That sounds like something to check out,
0: man. All right, let's get to it. It is time to talk about Kid Chaos.
1: Kid Chaos. So this was a uh, suggestion from was it Ravi that suggested right this? Ravi Abbott. So I, I I had heard of this game, but never played it. And had you ever had a look at it before this? No, never so, once. Um, this was a game. This is kind of an interesting title in some ways. Uh, it was uh put out in '94. So again, you're looking at the we're, the beginning of the end right mm-hmm. there uh, for the Amiga, and it came out on four discs. There was also a CD version. Uh, it, had, uh, it was developed by Magnetic Fields. Uh, obviously, anyone that knows anything has heard of them. They were responsible for the Lotus series, the Supercar series, a game called Crystal Dragon, a game called Wrangler. And something called Super Scrambler Simulator, which I keep hearing about. We hmm. have to look into that one. Uh, it was coded. I mean, really, the guys at, at Magnetic Fields—you've got the two big dogs, Sean Southern and Andrew Morris. Andrew Morris did the uh, graphics, and uh, Sean did the, the coding. And of course, they pretty much worked on all, you know the, all the Magnetic Field games. And then uh, the same guy that did the music for Lotus. Uh, had, was involved in the music game. which P- is hard to believe but I guess yeah, we'll Peter get it. Peter that Liggett. That. And then another musician I noticed was simply known as Pipe Smoker's Cough. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a great that's a great name. It is a great name. Um there is a uh I looked at the uh ECS version of this, the uh, ECS OCS. There's an AGA C three two version. That I didn't. I didn't look at. Uh, I I looked
0: at some screenshots, uh, and they appeared to be identical.
1: I know there are some up. There are some video, video updates, and I know the soundtrack's different on the CDs mm. uh, than it was on the disc version. Um, which maybe that's a good thing. Um, so this is a platformer. How do best to best describe this very odd game? So. I'm going to try to describe this without using the word "Sonic the Hedgehog" for the first ten minutes of, the sh- of this uh, part of the show. Kid Chaos is a game based around uh, returning a kid to his original time. Um, the kid, it in the uh, in the opening credits. The kid sort of looks like a bully jerk mm-hmm. from, like, uh, that plays football. Like, it's the classic Stereotype jerk. Stereotype bully, yeah. He's got the big, thick eyebrows. He's got a flat <laughs> top. He looks like Johnny Unitas, if uh, American football player. You know, military-type haircut. He's got a club and tennis shoes and jeans. And he basically runs around this land and... Um, Destroys things, and wreaks wreak, havoc. And the, the weird thing about this game that is, is separates it from a lot of the games we've covered that were platformers is, uh, it's got a, the jump button. Actually, the, the button actually jumps, mm-hmm. and that and that's your offense. Effectively, you jump up in the air, and when you jump, he swings, he spins around in somersaults, and uh, he can land on the bad guys or he can bash him with the club. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and that's how you attack. I really, there's not much else to it that you run up, you run around this land. Uh, this game is sort of known for having beautiful, uh, parallax scrolling, which it does. Uh, they do a tremendous job. I heard, I have read, uh, some of the developer stuff that said they use the same uh, techniques, similar to what were used in Lionheart just mm. to, to simulate the parallax scrolling. So we just talked about that. Um, So the the flavor text, the background of this guy, uh, Kid Chaos is transported from the Stone Age into an unknown world by evil scientists.
0: Stone Age.
1: That's right. So he's got to find his way back to the Stone Age, and he has to go through several areas. This game's not super long. But he, there's a there's a what's called a secret garden level, which is the one I've seen most of. <laughs> uh, I watched. In fact, I can't get off the secret garden, of course. But I did watch a bunch of videos to see what the hell the rest of the game is. There's a toxic wasteland. It's exactly like you think it is. A toy factory, <coughs> a techno fortress, and the ruined city. Now, <coughs> I watched the playthrough on this game. We'll get to this more later. And the ending of this game is real weird. Uh, and I don't mean the ending text or whatever. I mean, the actual last couple things you do is strange to me. we'll touch on that uh, later on. So anyway, the kid runs through the level, and he hits stuff with clubs. Uh, the first level, your enemies are like bunnies, birds, uh, bats, rats, uh, birds that poop on you, uh, which is tasteful as always. Oh, what is it with the bird poop uh, thing? And, this per- of course, the poop, is, it sounds heavy. It's not like they're dropping rocks. Um there are uh there are 5 levels, there are four sections in, in each of the levels. Um you have 3 lives and you have a health meter. And when you hit obstacles and the standard uh tropes, the standard uh usual suspects for damage are all here. You got of course we mentioned bats and rats, but you've got spikes, mm-hmm. you know, there's bumblebees, you know, it's if if you took most of the bad guys from like Super Frog and Zool, you could probably just smash them. And it's the same; it's basically the same stuff. Uh, you get through these levels by destroying uh, flowers. As weird as that sound, uh, there'll be big um, posies and daisies, or I don't know what. I'm no I'm no florist. You, you want to take a crack at what these flowers are? I think
0: that they're they're a cornucopia. that, that looks like a poppy.
1: Could, yeah, that I thought that too. And I, I yeah, I think, just hey, think about the day, cannon fodder. Box. That's cannon yeah. fodder. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, you uh, you spin around, blowing up these flowers, and there's a gauge at the bottom that tells you how many uh, things you have left to destroy before you can leave the level. Which is very similar to Zool. Uh, in Zool, you had to collect a certain amount of stuff. This, you have to destroy a certain amount of stuff. And when you destroy it, you get to uh, you get to leave um, the uh, there every at the end of every level of the game every you know every um every scenario there's a like a, a boss battle type of affair um uh, he has to uh he has to get past uh, again that's pretty standard stuff mm-hmm. and that's pretty much it it's got a password system for uh for you know moving up to different levels so you can save your game that way and uh, uh he progresses until, until you either die three times or you, um, or you beat the game. That's all there is to it. So let's just start off by kind of going over the look of the game. So, Bo, what did you think about uh, the, the presentation and the, the look of the game?
0: Well, uh, I think that it's pretty uninspired. I think that the, um, the, the backgrounds, while they look cool... You know, the backgrounds in Shadow of the Beast look cool, too. These look like they came out of Shadow of the Beast. You know, it's you've got your sky that's sort of got a gradient. You've got some distant mountains, and then you've got a foreground. Um, now, I'll tell you, it is there is one extra layer that is almost sort of pseudo-3D, mm-hmm. where you see, you know, those trees, and it looks like you're kind of... It looks like the whole game is being played on some sort of a moving trolley, where you're moving forward. It's it's a weird sort of thing to wrap your mind around. Um the palette of this game is, I don't know, the, the way that I view platforming games is that there there needs to be sort of an element of cuteness to them because the whole platforming genre is just patently ridiculous. The idea of making a um, you know a realistic platformer is just dumb because you're you're moving laterally from left to right or right to left and in, in, in collecting things. Um, so the The colors don't really reflect any sort of whimsy. Everything is kind of a dark gray or green or brown. Kind of reminds me a lot of the color scheme for Chaos Engine. Um, it, it actually does. Yeah. I don't think about yeah. It right. At least now, the opening level. Now, your uh, your hero, the uh, the kid Chaos himself. You know, he's got a brightly colored jacket. You know, red jacket and blue jeans and stuff. And the the colors look fine on on the kid. Um, but uh, maybe we should talk about how, as you put it. Kid Chaos is the most unlikable character in video game history. Yes,
1: I, I could talk all day about the the actual character. Kid Chaos, as we mentioned, is a like he looks like a football bully over here. He's got it looks like he's got a leather jacket on, blue jeans. He's got a flat top. He's got big old bushy eyebrows. When you see him actually running around in the game, he just looks like a, kind of a doofus, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, effectively, this is a caveman in a in an outfit. All right, that's the premise of the game. This is one unlikable caveman. Uh, he doesn't have any personality at all. Uh, we were talking about, it's funny, we just recently covered BC Kid, a.k.a. Bonk, which is a caveman uh, who runs around and uses his head to hit stuff. Bonk has personality for days. And comparing these two, I mean, this guy is dull as dishwater. Just uh, doesn't do anything interesting, doesn't do anything wacky. He just doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he. There aren't. it's not like he's world. He's well animated. There are plenty of times where you jump on. This thing has uh, uh, spring loaded shooters that you'll hit and you'll shoot you up in the air or shoot you up straight up or something. And on a couple of these, when he shoots up, he just literally doesn't change pose. He just sort of. Sometimes he'll extend like Superman, but there's a few where he just jumps up in the air and there's. They just didn't animate it. Just nothing happens. Mm
0: -hmm. It's sort Uh, of like a Huckleberry Hound or whatever. It's sort of like Huck Hound
1: Mm -hmm. uh, when with the game. The. uh, the critters are not that inspired. I mean, everything in this game is just sort of plain.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you're watching YouTube, there's a there's a bunny and there's a kind uh, of a, a, a bird of some kind, and they they almost blend into the background because everything is so drab and washed
1: out. Plus, when you think when you, th- I mean, let's look at uh, Zool, for example. The bad guys in that, like there were bees in it, but they were kind of evil looking mm-hmm. bees. You know, in a lot of games where you have critters, I mean, they're. I'll look at Donkey Kong Country, is another good example. The, 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 the bad guys in it are unique. They're funny. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they, they're lizards with hard hats, and sometimes they're bugs and with little expressions on mm-hmm. their face. They're unique looking. These are just, the bad guys in this are as, as plain Jane And they as, also, as, as big, as the,
0: they're also very um, sort of indifferent to your presence. Like, they're not out to get you. They're just kind of hopping back and forth or flying around the screen. They're not actively trying to kill you. And again, this is that, that strange sort of premise that you have to destroy a certain number of <laughs> objects, whether they be flowers or enemies or whatever, before you're allowed to leave the level.
1: It. It's the I go back to the 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 main character. Now I will say from doing some research, I came across an interview with Andrew Morris, and uh, uh, this game was originally called Kid Vicious. Okay, and so they could not use that game uh, that name. Yeah, they couldn't use that name. Uh, and part of it, part of at least according to uh, to Morris, was because. Uh, there was a lot in the newspapers at the time about uh, games being too violent. Mm. So that's one of the reasons they got rid of it. Uh, the uh, now what I
0: heard that uh, might might be wrong is that is that wrong what I'm about to no, say? Well,
1: I heard that as well. Now, I didn't read it, but I, I I didn't read that, but I read it in some of the comments and some of the uh, various boards. I'm not sure what the truth is. This is coming from one of the guys that worked on the game.
0: So this is what we're talking about: is that uh, there's a rumor that the game the name was changed because the the estate of Sid Vicious uh, was unhappy with the similarity. Now, to me, that seems a little. Vicious is not exactly a uh, an uncommon name.
1: It's hard to believe he has an estate yeah. given, his, <laughs> given his life, but I don't know. Um, something else I found out, and this is again from the uh, Andrew Morris interview, was that uh, this character underwent changes. And for a good while in development, this was a cat, Cosmic Kitten. Mm. And that was also the original working title of the game, Cosmic Kitten. Also uninspired, frankly. True. Although, a Cosmic Kitten may have been the way to go. uh, I, Frankly, I, this game suffers from an identity crisis. Um, is it cute? No. Okay, but is it serious? No. It's not like Contra, mm-hmm. right? Right. I mean, I don't know what they're going for. I guess, the, I mean, he's cuter than he is mean looking. But, but just mean,
0: barely. Right. So, And it's not like he's like, because like Sonic, you know, his whole thing was he had twoed. You know, apostrophe T U D E. This guy has and no expression. Yeah, he doesn't even have that. He's just kind of oafish looking.
1: Right, he is. He just looks like he looks like a, 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 a he almost looks like a, someone you'd stick in as a filler character. Right. And, until you come up with something better. And I mean, a lot of B or C level mascot characters are better than this guy. You know, your acrobats and those mm-hmm. guys like that. I mean, at <laughs> least those guys had a lot more personality. So mm-hmm. I will say the number one thing about this guy that annoys me is the character is just a, lame, 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 lame. The next thing that bugs me is the, is the level design. And now, so it's been about 10 minutes, so I'm going to go ahead and say it. This game is often referred to as the Amiga's answer to Sonic the Hedgehog on, on the Sega Genesis. Now, I'm sure most of the listeners have have heard of Sonic the Hedgehog, which was really Sega's flagship character, and still is, I guess. And was their definitely their flagship game on the Genesis and, and moved a crap load of Genesis mm-hmm. back in the day or Mega Drives. Um, we me and Bo, when we did the run through of this, Boat we played this and we actually loaded up Sonic and played it. This game uh, Kid Chaos graphically is the is impressive. And the and and the fact that it can run what it does tells me that it could probably you could have probably ported Sonic to this and you could probably get away with it. Kid Chaos. One of the things that the game does get right is the speed of Kid Chaos. I mean, he, when you've yeah. got the right air lane of uh, uh, to run through, he can go, mm-hmm. he can go, and it looks smooth as silk. Frame rate solid, everything good to go, uh, just like Sonic. But where this game differs, um, um, another one of the places it differs is is the level design. Uh, the levels in this are are the the le- and and I'm not just talking the ones I play, but having watched some of the other levels, they're just and this is a problem that haunts the Amiga on these platforms. The level design is just not that good. Uh, when it comes to a character that has is supposed to be fast and and build up ahead of, of speed, uh, there is just too much crap that gets in the way that before you could actually get to full speed, and it's it's irksome. Another thing that's irksome is the fact that the uh, the little springboards that were in Sonic have made make an appearance in this. And when you hit one, they they'll bounce you up in the air or left or right or diagonally in the air. Mm-hmm. These things in Sonic are a load of fun. You want to hop on them, take off. Good times. In Kid Chaos, these are the most annoying things I've ever seen. Right. Because a lot of Kid Chaos is blind jumping. And when you take a blind jump somewhere, unless you've memorized the level, and even then, I'm thinking about because a lot of times they'll position these things like directly past spikes, let's say, and you're more likely to hit them. And when you hit them, they bounce you back. A third of the level, mm-hmm. and it's and it happens over and over, and these things are positioned horribly, and it just drove me nuts. And it was one of the reasons I had trouble getting past. You know, I could get to like the the last level, of the first state, the last stage of the first level, but it was difficult, very difficult. It was frustrating, had to go over the same ground over and over, and often I would have had enough uh, flowers built up, but I just couldn't get to the end because of these damn things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you watch a game of Sonic or play it. Uh, they've got loops. They've got little tunnels. They've done everything they can to let you run amok, and feel like you're getting somewhere at a breakneck speed. Right. And that's what that's part of the fun. Kid Chaos doesn't doesn't allow you to do that.
0: One thing that I thought that was that, uh, you know another another letdown music is such a big part of, of games for me and especially platforming games if if, they, if a platformer like fury of the furries uh it had great music and maybe the game isn't as great as i thought it was but i can sit there and groove along with the music as i as i'm fighting through the levels this kid chaos has probably some of the least inspired music i mean this this sounds like the most generic Sort of you know dance music, techno dance music that you can you can possibly imagine. It doesn't fit with the theme of the game at all. You know, it has nothing to do with a caveman. It has nothing to do with this sort of pastoral environment that you're trouncing around. Um, And again, when you compare it with Sonic, you know, Sonic definitely is not a perfect game, but it's got some great music.
1: (laughs) It does. I mean, the 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 music is uh, standard techno. I mean, I don't like I like house music Mm -hmm. as much as anybody, but Again, I'm not saying the music's horrible. It it's sounds not... like the
0: Mortal Kombat song. Well, it's if, a if you, can, if, if you can, if you can uh, picture uh, that. And, you know.
1: and again, if you go through the levels, some levels are better than others. But I mean, it, it's not, it's not great. Right. And, and you know, again, you're right. Now that much said, uh, the CD version could have better sound. I didn't play it. I don't know how it, how it goes. But you know, uh, the Amiga music should never be a problem. It, I mean, there should never be a problem with having good music. Mm-hmm. You know, and this one, just, especially if, if the same guys that worked on the music from Lotus worked on it, it's surprising because the music in Lotus is really good. Right. But again, you know, it is what it is. Now, we talked about this earlier, and what we should probably touch on it again. It's not fair to compare a game like Kid Chaos to Sonic. Sonic is done by an experienced team from Japan that, with a lot of you know, the backing of the world's one of the world's largest video game manufacturers, and um, you know, a, a horde of people working on it. And Kid Chaos is worked on by a very, very small company, basically with, two guys. Yeah, with with limited resources and 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 uh, you know working under different, uh, working under a different dynamic under different restraints. So we're not saying, hey, this isn't as good as science, such so crap. And I will say this, despite all we've said about Kid Chaos, I did find it entertaining. Uh, it's a game I enjoyed playing to a certain degree. I mean, it was just the frustrating things about it really frustrated me. But and there were and I could see a really good game in there that I don't think they pulled all the way out. I mean, for example, part and this is just nitpicking at this point, but there's plenty of plenty of, of of areas where Kid Chaos will go underwater. For example, no swimming, no floating mechanic. There's a little there's a little play on the gravity, but it's just it's just him walking on the bottom like nothing's going on. There's no breath bubbles. I mean, these are tiny little things, but they mean something, man. You've got to, you know, I I know the game gets ex uh gets very, very hard very quickly after you leave that first stage, uh, or the first level. And the, I watched the end of the game and the, the little bonus stages are kinda of weird. The end of the game is almost like a um uh, like a space invaders rip off. There's an Arcanoid ripoff in there is one of the things. I I wonder if the game was I wonder if they if the game was fully realized or was rushed out. Uh, or was just kind of, they said, okay, here we go, let's finish it up and get mm-hmm. it out now. I don't know if they were under a rush for a Christmas thing, but it just seems to me like it's it's not a fully fleshed out game. Yeah, I th- any game that comes out,
0: you know, in 94, 95, I'm just wondering if they're trying to rush it out before everybody stops buying Amigas.
1: Well, I don't know. I, I, I You know, it, it's possible. Um, but you know for certain that the Amiga pushed out... The graphics that you need to have a good game. But they were just let down by the, you know, and I mean, gosh, how many times we said this? Not to beat a dead horse, but level design, level design, level design. Even if you'd hate, you could have had a great character in this, you could have had great music in this, you could have had great detail in this, but that level design, man, that's it's a killer, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there's not as many collectibles in this, there's, there isn't like Super Frog or Zool, which is a good thing. Uh, And it's pretty one thing I did enjoy about it is it's pretty straightforward. Before every mission, it gives you what your parameters are for what you're doing, which are pretty much basically pretty similar. It tells you where you're at, it tells you, it gives you a time that you have to beat. You can pick up additional time, you know, as a pickup. There's and there's uh, checkpoints, there's different, you can pick up extra men. You know, Mm -hmm. it's standard stuff. And like I said, there's a core there, there's the game there that can be enjoyed, but you've got to look past. A lot of things to enjoy it, right? And I think this is one where I'd probably turn the music down, uh, sort of ignore them. It's hard to get past that main guy. I mean, for me, he just looks. I hate the way. Yeah, he looks. he's just, yeah. But if I'm you can get you. past it, uh, you've, there's a game there that can be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, this game, uh, I looked it up on eBay to see what kind of action it was getting, um, just for fun. And you're looking at there weren't a lot of uh, issues out there, or a lot of. Uh, of uh, boxes out there i found one uh in uh, the uk 70 bucks uh shipped and one in austria of all places for 85 bucks shipped um the uh the truth of the matter is i don't know if this was if this had a an american release to be honest with you uh the uh i couldn't find any any indication that did I, i it's funny a lot of these games it's hard for us to tell and it uh, I played the PAL version, mm-hmm. which I will say is something else to the uh, uh, on the uh, on Amiga Forever. It it uh, you know the good thing about it is you don't have to worry about not seeing the bottom part of the screen, right? <laughs> which is which is nice, and it, it it does a real good job on that. Um, any parting thoughts on it, Boat?
0: No, uh, I think I've said everything. I I I really think about the game. You know, it it was released clearly as a competitor to Sonic. Uh, if they would have made the character a little bit more likable, maybe freshened up the palette and uh, put music in there that, that fit the kind of game they were going for. Uh, this could have been a serious contender because controls are not an issue. I mean, the, the game it controls well. It does
1: control well. well, yeah. And I will say, we, we talked about this earlier, I never felt like I was getting ripped off or cheated uh, yeah. by the way the controls were. Yeah. The uh, uh, they They felt solid. I actually played this on both the with a joystick and a keyboard <laughs> and it played pretty well you know it did it did okay on with the keyboard you know so it's no problem there and i will say one of the advantages of having one button that jumps and then no attack is that it's not hampered by the amiga's limited um limited joystick now I, I i would wonder how this plays on that on the with the game pad if there's if there's a you know if there you could swing the clubs. i don't, I don't think so I you know. know
0: sonic is a one button game too
1: yeah yeah that's true um, review-wise, uh, this reviewed okay, all right, uh, Amiga Computing gave it a 77, uh, Amiga Format gave it a 79, Amiga Power gave it a 71, do you see a trend here, and then you've got the One and CU Amiga gave it 87%, I think eighty-seven is a little high, uh, I think, um, I would put this somewhere firmly in the 70s, um. I don't think it's a failure by any stretch of the imagination. It's more play. It's funny that after all the killing of it we've done, I find it more playable than Super Frog uh, and uh, a few of the other games we've tried, mm. just because the controls are tight. Yeah. Uh, I find it more playable as a player, not. but I don't find it as fun. Right. Say what you will about Super Frog and all the pickups and the, kind of the loosey-goosey controls, but the music's fun, mm-hmm. it's colorful, the mm-hmm. character's fun. I'm with you. It's got a sense of humor, mm-hmm. you know, and that goes a long way. So it just comes down to do you want to play something that controls well, but is not necessarily fun to look at or do you or do you want to play something that looks great but doesn't control someone mm-hmm. you know maybe just play adam's family not worry about yeah. it you know but the overall i'm not gonna give it a thumbs down or anything when I, mean, I enjoyed it but it it's a missed opportunity yeah uh
0: what are this, what's this what's going for on ebay now
1: uh i, I told you already you told me already yes
0: we normally do that last yeah and yeah so- it
1: was 70 dollars and or best offer in the uk and 85 bucks in austria
0: okay well let's go ahead and thank our awesome... Well, let's thank a couple people. Let's thank the people that are hanging out in live chat with us on YouTube Gaming. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pishbot, Jason, Henrik, uh, Will was here for a while. He's gone. Uh, Thank you, everybody that has joined us. uh, Dylan and Paul and all you guys. And also, we need to thank all of the fine Patreon supporters that make Amigos possible. And um, since we are going to be doing this... And let's see. Let's put those credits out in front of us. There we go. Um... Since we're we're talking Sonic, I thought that I would sing my own rendition of the Sonic theme song with the names of the uh, Patreon okay, supporters. Okay,
1: get ready for this. Okay, go ahead. Okay.
0: <clears throat> Duncan Styles, T H T, Anthony Jarvis. Dreamcatcher, Adam Battersby, John Marshall, Darren Coles, Neil Mansell, Brutal Barracuda, uh, Alan Cabot, uh, 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 David McCrandle's Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Ravi Abbott, Kim Tommy, Homeboard Stad, Jason Wads, Lane, and then we go to the boss battle. Eric Nelson, Graham Key, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Lauren Gerrold, Jonas Rulo Kilburn Barman tapes from the crypt. Adam Bradley Crisbolds. Daniel Bingston O'Brien's retro and vintage. Chad Halstead and Brent Dowdy. That was a Brent Dowdy. Brent Dowdy. Brent Dowdy. Chad Halstead.
1: There we go. I was with you till you the uh, you about halfway. Unless you, you were you were you were doing a good job and then you lost. You I know? call that a win. Well, yeah, I guess so.
0: Um. So, guys, thank you all for listening. Uh, Next week, Aaron, we're going to take a look at uh, another Kunami. Game. We're going to take a look at Super C. Okay. Well-known on the consoles, sort of
1: well-known in the arcade, not so well-known on the Amiga. I stink at that game on the consoles, but I've not played the Amiga, so we'll give it a go.
0: And one more thing before we go. If you are a fan of um, role-playing, you might want to check out our YouTube uh, channel. We're we're piloting a new series of uh, Amigos role-playing adventures. We're piloting
1: a new series of this, are we?
0: Yeah. Uh, So uh, Aaron is a master, dungeon master, game master, and he weaves tailgates that you can only dream of
1: i'll read them out of a book
0: (laughs) (laughs) and so uh we got together uh, a couple days ago and and ran through an adventure and uh if you like it then uh leave us leave us a comment and uh we'll 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 try and do some more of them so until next week aaron we'll see y'all later Adios. adios